Meet Deshna. Deshna and her family live in a rural village that is difficult to reach. Because her village is so isolated, it makes it nearly impossible for her family to meet their basic needs. Life in Deshna's village is hard. She has no hope for a better future. But you can change this for Deshna, her family, and her entire village by sponsoring a village like Deshna's with just $39 per month. At Mission Hope, we have spent over 20 years going to some of the most difficult-to-reach places on earth to assist those in great need. We have learned that the best way to help a girl like Deshna is by focusing on the needs of her village as a whole. Deshna and her family will soon be able to thrive by having things like a garden to grow crops, to have food and earn money, clean water to drink, to avoid waterborne illnesses, access to health care. They'll be prepared for natural disasters that could occur. And most importantly, exposure to the gospel and a relationship with the church in her village. In the end, Deshna's village will be empowered and their hope restored. You can make a difference for an entire village. Sponsor a village today by visiting missionhope.org slash sponsor. Okay, so you saw that we renamed Roe and we named it after Pastor Hope. Can you believe that? <laughs> On the table right outside the door, there are two things I want to draw your attention to. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing on villages, there is a really neat piece about sponsoring a village. It'll show you how holistic and what a broad ministry we're doing these days. Also, for years, people have said they wanted to hear more about my involvement in the war in Congo, my involvement with terror organizations like Hezbollah or Iran on the coast of Nicaragua, my involvement in Iraq, uh, stories like that. Well, I've done the book, and it's called A Long Way From Home. It's also out there. You will enjoy this. It's for adult reading. I would just say love me anyway. It is a tough world out there. Uh, on Amazon and all that, they're 19 bucks since you're Presbyterian. They are 20 bucks and up, and they're right out that door. <laughs> for years, for years and years and years and years and years, one of my very best friends lived right next door. I mean, almost back door to back door, driveway to driveway, a hundred feet apart. I mean, just right there. She lived right next door to her mother-in-law. <laughs> this can go a lot of different directions, can't it? Good news is they got along great. But every Thursday, every single Thursday, 50-something times a year, they had to go to the mother-in-law's house for dinner. And every Thursday... Every single Thursday, 50-something times a year, they had the same thing for dinner. They had a pork tenderloin and microwaved broccoli and potatoes. Every Thursday, every single <sighs> You know, sermons can be like that, can't they? I don't mean here, but I mean other places maybe. <laughs> but you know, I mean, we're taught. We're taught to take an Old Testament lesson, take a New Testament lesson, share the gospel, give hope, put a poem on the end of it, and whatever else you do, get them out before the Baptist. Every Sunday, every single 
Sunday. Wouldn't it be fun if we could have a, a spiritual smorgasbord, a biblical buffet where we just run amok in the Word of God and feast on all of that encouragement? I would start with the passage in Genesis where Isaac asked his father, Where's the lamb that's to be sacrificed? And Abraham answers, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Not just a statement of fact, that's a statement of truth. Then I'd flip over to Hebrews where the writer says, faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, the very definition of faith. And then I would take truth and faith and I'd put them together and you know what you get? When you put faith and truth together, you get, I believe God will provide. Say that with me. I believe God will provide. And that's the definition of prayer. Well, then if you start running around the Bible looking for prayer, oh, it's powerful. Where two or more are gathered, he hears our prayers, he's faithful and just and will answer them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It goes on and on. And you can't help but believing that every last one of us has a powerful prayer life, that every last one of us is a, is a prayer warrior who usually sees something happen when they pray. And then if I push you on it and I say, when was the last time you really saw God acting in your life because of a prayer? Some of you might look at me and say, well, well Ben, last night, last night I prayed before dinner and that pot roast wasn't near as tough as it usually is. Does that count? Sometimes I think that, that we have a, a disease in the church. I call it Pharaohitis. Everybody remember Pharaoh? Pharaoh had the people of Israel held captive. Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, nope, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. He's going to hang on to him. So what happens? Moses turns the Nile River into blood. Do you remember that? Didn't do a thing. The second curse comes around. Moses covers Egypt in frogs. Now, y'all, I'm from Tennessee. I like frogs just as much as the next fellow. I have had frogs in the shower with me before. But I don't want frogs in the bed with me. They make terrible noises at night. I don't want a frog on my dinner plate. You ever seen a frog eat? They're, they're very messy. I don't want frogs in the kitchen, the bedroom, the bathroom. Yeah. Well, neither did the people of Egypt. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and he asks him an important question. When do you want the frogs to go away? How would you answer that? Right now, get rid of the frogs. You know what Pharaoh said? This is amazing. Moses goes, when do you want the frogs to go away? Pharaoh gave a one-word staggering answer. Pharaoh says, Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Think about this. Pharaoh wanted to spend another night with the frogs. Why? Yeah. Same reason we do. Same exact reason. Pharaoh wanted to spend another night with the frogs just like we do because it gives us something to blame it on. Think about this. Pharaoh is hanging out at the old retired Pharaoh's club and he's wandering around muttering to himself and he says, you know, I could have been a contender. I could have been a great Pharaoh. But no, I had frogs. 
could have built four pyramids, but no, I had frogs. Uh, I could have kept the Jews. We would have invented bagels. I'd have made a fortune. I'd have bought a place on the water in Boca. It would have been great. But no, I had frogs. And so we complained. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, height nor depth, powers nor principalities, things present nor things to come, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He left out the thing that separates us from a full life in Christ. He left out the past. What separates us from Christ? Just about that time I hear the music and I start to feel good about myself. Just about the time Pastor Hope says, come on, I need your help with this. And I think, all right, at last, I will give, I will get up, I will go, I will do. This is so cool. Just about the time we're to take that step, we remember, oh, you know, but I got caught. Everybody knew about it. It It's 30 years ago, but I mean, nobody forgets. I got away with it. Think about it every night. Somebody called me a name and I believed them. Somebody left me that I thought would always be there. Somebody died and now anytime I start to feel good about myself, I remember my past and I just shrink back down again. Listen to what Mark Twain said. The inability to forget is much worse than the inability to remember. And for some of us, that makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it? And so we complain. Let me speak for your pastors and for me. You, you know, you can contact me anytime you want to. You can't find them. You can call me and you can complain all you want to. You can call Hope. You can call Sung. You can call any of your ministers. Complain all you want to. But from now on, when you want to complain, you have to end your complaint by saying, and that's just the way I like it. Yeah, I let my past control me, and I've got a miserable life, and that's just the way I like it. Oh, yeah, I'd get involved in the church, but you know my past, and that's just the way I like it. Gee, Ben's sermon sure is going on a long time. I had to do this youth conference in Missouri, and part of the youth conference was we were going to drive four hours to paint a church, and then we'd drive back. And I got in a van, a huge, huge van, great big smushy seats, wonderful guy driving the van. It's just the two of us. We got four hours there. We got four hours back. This thing is so smushy. I sat down in the chair and I fell sound asleep. When I woke up, I realized to my horror that this fella has been carrying on a conversation with me, even though I've been asleep. I have no idea what he's talking about, and I've got to catch up all of a sudden because he didn't realize I've been asleep, and he's just talking and talking and talking. And then I realized he ends every sentence by saying, so. No, but i got a wife and a couple of kids, so. Yeah, I work in a factory, so. Yeah, life's pretty good, so. And I sat there going, sweet Jesus, if I have to listen to this for eight hours, I'm going to scream. And the heavens opened, and the Lord stuck his head out and looked at me and went, so. (laughs) 
I almost hate to ask this question because if it was today, it'll show on your face. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Has anybody ever just really let you have it? I mean, gave you a piece of their mind? And when they did, do you do like I do? You give it right back to them because you know where to hit and they know where to hit and everybody's just doing this and nothing ends up good. I'm not going to look at your faces because if you grin, I know that was this morning for you, wasn't it? I don't, I don't want to see that. Let me tell you what my son told me to do. Benjamin said, next time that happens, don't say anything. Just sit there. Just sit there and let them just go and go and go and go and go and go. And when they've kind of run out of steam, ask them a question. The question is, is there anything else you'd like to say? And when you do that, they will ramp it right back up again and keep coming at you. And you keep doing that until they've run out of steam. And you know what happens? At the end of that, you haven't said anything that makes things worse. They're no longer angry. And everybody goes on about their day. I want you to do that with yourself. I want you to get off by yourself or look in the mirror as you drive. Don't just stare at yourself in the mirror. You know what I mean. Walk in the bathroom and stare at yourself and let yourself have it. I would love for you to stand in front of yourself, tell yourself about everything you've ever done wrong, every name you've called yourself or somebody else. You just let yourself have it. And when you run out of steam, look at yourself and say, well, is there anything else you want to say? Crank it back up again and keep doing that until you have exhausted yourself. And do you know what the end result of that is? You will begin to experience the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And you will find yourself moving closer to the Lord than you've ever been before. And your life will begin to change. And that's where you think inside. Now, Ben, you've gone from preaching to meddling. Ben, I'm too young, too old, too fat, too thin, too rich, too poor, too dumb. I cannot change. You saw Deshna in the little video? We now work on an island called Bali. It's one of, the few, one of our locations around the world. We have 22,000 people who live in two villages located on an active volcano. The villages are called Ban and Tianyar. All the men are farmers. They grow three things. They grow corn, rice, and manioc. That's it. They supplement their diet by bartering for seafood, goats, things like that, chickens. Every year, it seems, there's either a flood and landslides and crops are damaged, or there's a drought and nothing grows. And when that happens, dad has to leave the farm and go into town, and dad gets a job digging ditches so he can send money back to his family. While that's a noble thing to do, once dad is gone, the vultures show up. In this part of the world, the vultures circle the farm, and then they land in front of mom, and the vultures say things like, my, what pretty children you've got. How old is that little girl? Is she, is she 12? You know, I can get her a job in town. She can make money and send it back to you. In fact, I'm so sure of that. I'll give you some money right now, and she can just pay me back. And that mother has just sold her child into human trafficking. Indonesia is the number one human trafficking country in the world. And we're fighting it. And they don't let me go over there. And I'll be quite honest with you, they don't let me go because I'm just like most of the men in this place. If I caught up with some of those folks, I'd put an end to it. 
and then I'd get in a lot of trouble, and so would you. Well, thank God for that, but praise God for our staff. We have Pastor Pock, and we have Pastor Gondes, two seminary-educated Christian Indonesians who happen to be agriculturalists as well. They've started a program that we call FAITH. Stands for food always in the home. Think about that. What they began by doing is teaching people how to introduce new crops, new vegetables, new fruits, the seeds, the tools, the, tree, the trees, and the knowledge on how to plant these gardens that introduce more nutrition into their lives than they've ever had. The family looks after the garden. At the same time, they teach dad to take a plastic Coca-Cola bottle, turn it sideways, cut the top out of it, turn it into a planter, tie 50 of them together, and they grow two crops. They grow these little red chilies and these great big long beans that are used in every market, home, and restaurant in Indonesia. So all of a sudden, the family is physically getting more nutrition than they've ever had. Dad has a second cash crop and can stay home and protect his family. And then the little children, like the kids in the back, they're enrolled in a program called WASH. Stands for Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene. We're not born just knowing how to look after ourselves. This is a Christ-based program that teaches kids their bodies are sacred, and here is how you look after yourself physically and spiritually. And you know the end result? We now have Hindu families coming to our church asking one question. Will you tell me some more about this man, Jesus, who changed my life? Say amen. Let me tell you something. If God can change the life of a farmer on an active volcano called Mount Agung in Indonesia, he can change our lives as well. It doesn't matter how young, how old, how fat, too thin, too dumb, too rich. It doesn't matter about any of that. God can change our lives. Oh, That's kind of the entree. Let me give you some dessert. I'll let you get out of here. Did you hear the John passage? It's confusing. It's hard to follow. In those days, you will know that I'm in you, you're in me, and I'm in the Father. All that rolls together. Watch this. Jesus was talking to his disciples when he said that, and I want you to see what he said. Jesus said, in those days, you will know that I, meaning Jesus, everybody look at that, I am in you. You see that? It says you. Now watch. In those days, you'll know that I am in you. Put that inside there. You are in me, meaning Jesus. There it is. Now watch. Let's put this inside here. I'm in you. You are in me. And I, meaning Jesus, am in the Father. Let's put this in here. Now you know what this means? This is so simple and so profound. There isn't anything. There isn't anything that can come at you from the inside or the outside unless the Father and the Son allow it. And if they allow it, the Holy Spirit will help you handle it. I'll say it to you one more time. Hear this good news. There isn't anything. Not your present, not your past, not your sins, not your doubts, not your worries, not your fear. There isn't anything that can come at you unless the Father and the Son allow it. And if they allow it, the Holy Spirit will help you handle it. Give me an amen. amen. 
All right, there's some takeaways and we're done. The takeaways are pretty simple. I believe God will provide. Say that with me. I believe God will provide. And that's just the way I like it. And that's just the way I like it. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, and I'm going to say it for you. There isn't anything coming at you from the inside or the outside. Unless the Father and Son allow it, and if they allow it, the Holy Spirit's going to help you handle it. <gasps> You've been waiting to say this. So, so lay aside every sin and weight that clings so closely. Set your eyes on Jesus. Run the race set before you one day at a time. And as you run, God bless you. You stay strong, and God bless America. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word that it is so clear and simple and encouraging. Thank you for allowing us to run amok, to recognize and remember that you love us, you accept us, you stand beside us in all things. And dear Lord, for Jesus' sake, we are so grateful. Amen.